Hello and welcome to the Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations podcast, where we explore different topics and discuss what scripture has to say about them. Our goal with this podcast is to try and be helpful to you. I'm Justin, the family and worship minister here at Oak Grove in Arden, North Carolina. I'm here with the preaching minister, Archie Gilmer. Make sure to like and subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube account so you won't miss any future episodes or services. Also, make sure to comment your thoughts and give us feedback on these episodes. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the Oak Grove Conversations podcast. This week, we are getting into uh, the next part of the Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, and we're moving into the Outward Disciplines. If you've been... Uh, Keeping up with us, we went through the first four uh, inward disciplines of uh, prayer, study, fasting, and meditation. And so now we're going to move a little bit more into things that are uh, more outwardly focused. And so to have a a bridge point between the inward and outward disciplines, uh, the next point in the book talks about the discipline of simplicity, which they describe in this book of being an inward discipline that has an outward effect or appearance Uh, it's something that you do inward that has to have an outward expression evidence of your inward discipline yeah yeah Yeah. that's great and and so to start off with uh like we try to do each week you know what what is this discipline what is a what is it about or what's its purpose Uh, so this week uh, we wanted to start with the scripture from matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and it says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be yours as well. And so kind of the main idea that we'll come back to during this episode is that the key to simplicity is to always have God's kingdom first in our life. To, to live a simplistic life, the kingdom of God and seeking God's kingdom should be first. And he goes on, and I'll quote part of the book here where he says, The central point for the discipline of simplicity is to seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of his kingdom first and then everything necessary will come in its proper order and so uh, I guess as we move in to this do you have any I guess initial thoughts on well this? Uh, first thing I'll, I'll point out because anytime we take a verse out of the Bible it's kind of a risk that you need just to remind people to go all the way back to verse 25 and read through because it says sure. all these things shall be yours as well just for the sake of not allowing people to take it out of context, that mm-hmm. all these things are what he was talking about from sure. verse 25 on, which people can go back and read that. Mm-hmm. Basically saying we shouldn't be concerned about the things in life that we often are concerned about because God is God. And if we just do the work of his kingdom and focus on what his kingdom is about, then the, I often tell people uh, if we're about the Lord's business, he'll always be about our business. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be concerned about anything. Uh, easier said than done however that's why we're reading and talking about the disciplines of spiritual uh, growth and this discipline of simplicity is, is, a, is a key thing to chase after and seek the Lord about because it helps us stay grounded spiritually mm-hmm. it helps us have a place as is described in the chapter a place to put our foot have a foothold and move the world mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God. 
the book is talks a lot about um, disciplining uh, ourselves in a way in reference to the world mm-hmm. and what the world offers and the lives that we live in. We can't just disengage from the world. So what he's trying to describe, and there's so many different parts of scripture that he referred to. I, don't, I doubt if we'll get to all of them today, if, if not any of them. Uh, he's trying to describe, okay, what does it mean like when Paul talked about in Philippians, I think it was Philippians, when he yeah, talked Philippians about... Philippians 4. 4, and he talked about, um, I find, I'm not going to quote it, I'm just going to say what he said. He talked about, I find it, uh, I find, I'm able to be content with much, or I'm able to be content with little. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever the status of my life is, I'm content. And what Paul was trying to point out to his listeners were, was that he's with God, and whatever God allows or doesn't allow, Wherever God takes him, however God provides for him, he, he can be fine with that. Mm-hmm. As long as God is his God. And for the Christian, that is the ultimate goal. That's what we strive after. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that can be earned. It's not something that um, we can practice really well and be better at, sort of. It's something that we grow into. And... It's something that we realize, you know what? Some of these things in life aren't that important. The closer we get to God and the more is revealed to us about his kingdom and the hope that we have for eternity, it's like all these things just don't matter as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. However, we do have responsibilities and we do have things we need to take care of and we have needs, food, uh, bills, children, jobs. All those things are important. But nothing, not even air that we breathe should become more important than God. If we could ever get to the point, I think, and I'm going to let you uh, get back in here on this conversation, but I th- and it just hit me just now, I think that the, the discipline of simplicity is ultimately about somehow getting our hearts to the point where even when there's no more air to breathe, for whatever reason, we're still content with God. Because mm-hmm. air is the like kind of important. I think everybody wants air, oxygen. Mm-hmm. But if there's no oxygen to have, we're content. Yeah, well, that kind of, I mean, not to get too off topic. That was kind of weird. But, yeah, but when I when I spent time at the hospital doing chaplain work, uh, I, I'd spent you know, a good amount of time with people in their dying moments. And you could really tell people that had come to terms and yeah. gotten content with, okay, this is the end. And you yeah. know, those people that were really faithful to God got in that moment, and you know, they were struggling probably with, trying to breathe and mm-hmm. have that stuff but there was just a piece mm-hmm. about that situation so yeah I agree yeah. that you know they in that moment God was first Simplicity. to them and they were yeah. content with that situation because so, so, so that's to, we call that dying well mm-hmm. and and it's my goal it's my desire and my prayer for me and every other Christian to die well mm-hmm. what it means is no matter how we die whether it's in the middle of the night in our sleep whether it's at a hospital suffering from a disease or something violent, traumatic, long drawn out or sudden, mm-hmm. doesn't matter as long as we die well, True. meaning we fully trust in what we hope for, mm-hmm. and what we say we believe. Doesn't yeah. mean we won't have emotions, doesn't mm-hmm. mean we won't be a little fearful, mm-hmm. doesn't mean we won't be in pain, but we die well. Yeah. And, and if we can't die well, then, then it says something about our faith. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I think. So uh, I want to talk about, um, I think it's important that we talk about something that you and I have discussed thoroughly over the last several minutes. This chapter talks about this thing called asceticism versus simplicity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a word that most people don't hear very often. Sure. Probably don't even know what it means. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you explain what asceticism is. I don't know if you had that in, sure. your, in your mind. but Sure, yeah. So, so asceticism, um, uh, there might be a few different ways we could describe it, but originally asceticism came out of the monastic movement. So mm-hmm. when the early church fathers, or what's known as the desert fathers, yeah. started moving out into the desert to get away, they started a monastic lifestyle, and so came up this thing called asceticism, or the ascetic lifestyle. And what it means is to give up all the pleasures of the world in order to grow more spiritually with God or to become more spiritually formed. And so the original intent of the monastic style was to withdraw in order to return. So the whole point was we're going to go away for a little while to grow and come back into the community. Now, some issues kind of came up where that became the whole lifestyle altogether. And so what we had talked about earlier with this idea of asceticism, there can maybe be a distinction between ascetic things or ascetic life principles. An ascetic and, lifestyle yeah, versus asceticism. asceticism. So yeah, what we kind of researched a bit was that ism makes it to be where this is the philosophy of your life. So if, if asceticism is the philosophy of your life, uh, what they argue here in the book is that that philosophy is your way of kind of gaining salvation by giving everything mm-hmm. up. And they're pointing out that this is wrong. This is not the way right. to do it. But, right. but there are things that are ascetic in principle where we can give up certain things to grow closer right. to Christ, but such that's as, not our main philosophy. Such as the discipline of fasting. Sure, exactly. Would be an ascetic decision. Yeah, and, and so it, it really got to this, uh, this point of where uh, with asceticism, if that is your kind of main goal, like that, that's what you're focusing on. Where, as we talked about, the idea of simplicity is to seek first the kingdom. And even though asceticism will say they're seeking first the kingdom, the means by which they're doing that it has become kind of the the god or the idol. It becomes a that. conflict sure. between the Christian life, the the Christian life, and the way of life that mm-hmm. Jesus taught. Yeah, it's in conflict with the asceticism. Mm-hmm mindset sure and, and so that it goes back to the philippians verse of so philippians 12 when paul says that you know if i have an abundance of things i can live with that and if i don't have much i can live with that and then right after is verse 13 which a lot of people mm-hmm. know of i can do all things with christ who gives me strength mm-hmm. which uh, not to get too deep into it we can kind of take that out of context but the whole point of i can do all things through christ who gives me strength is because Christ is at the center of our lives, it's not to receive a superpower to, to do something. It's if Christ is truly at the center, if we're seeking that kingdom first, we can live in any kind of situation, whether it's with abundance or with very little, mm-hmm. because Christ is that center, we are seeking the kingdom first. Where asceticism would totally reject any possessions at all and say that it's wrong to have anything. Right. And so that's where that philosophy can get really right. disconnected from seeking the kingdom and being content with whatever God provides for us. Yeah, I think it's important that, and I hope we're making it clear, and I think we are, that there is a difference between the philosophy of asceticism being your way of life Mm -hmm. and just living the Christian life and making decisions that have some kind of an ascetic 
purpose. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we find something in our life is distracting us from God or taking us away from God or becoming a God, then we're, we're, we're going to distance ourselves from that mm-hmm. and we're going to take a break from that or just eliminate it altogether. If a, if a person is having issues with what they look at on the internet, then maybe they shouldn't be on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Even though the internet's not sinful, mm-hmm. it's not a sinful thing in general, but when it becomes a sin and becomes distracting or beca- takes you away from God, then you have to make that ascetic decision sure. to do something about it. Whereas asceticism is the practice of, and that's not the Christian life. And, and I think uh, you did a pretty good job explaining that to everybody. So what does that mean, right? Because you, 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 can, look at different, you can look at different scripture in the, in, 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 and know that all throughout the scripture talks about the love of money is evil, mm-hmm. talks about those who are given over to wealth are sinning, Jesus told a rich man, if you want to come with me, go sell everything you have. Mm-hmm. I think you brought that up in our previous conversation. And and what he's saying to that man is, because your things are more important than I am, mm-hmm. and you're worried about what you're doing with them, and then you're trying to have me too, that's not the way it works. Yeah. So you got to get rid of if If the things that you have become more important than the kingdom of God, then you need to get rid of that. Yeah. And I think that's where an extreme ascetic decision, like selling everything you have to get closer to God would be an appropriate, it would be an appropriate thing to do if that's the problem that you're struggling with. That's what the discipline sure. of simplicity is all about. However, the Bible also tells us that we're to enjoy God's creation. Mm-hmm. And it also guides us in ways to give to the poor and share with the needy and manage the things that God has given us to increase so that he'll be honored. Mm-hmm. So, we can't do any of those things if we don't have stuff. Sure. So we have to understand that it's not wrong to be rich monetarily or in any other way. Be wealthy. That's a better way to put it. It's not wrong to be overly blessed. But it's also not necessary for salvation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean if somebody's got more things or more wealthy than someone else, doesn't mean that they're better off spiritually mm-hmm. or that they're more faithful. That's not what it means. They're, what what God is looking at here is the the condition of the heart as usual. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're talking about outward disciplines now. Mm-hmm. Before we were talking about what goes on in the heart. Now we're talking about how this all comes out of you and interacts with the world for the sake of the kingdom of God. So if God blesses us, if God uh, uh, provides for us in abundant ways, then we'll give him the glory. And we'll find ways, we'll, we'll ask him what to do with it. And we would we should become more giving, more grateful, more humble mm-hmm. because of those things. Yeah, they, so in here he talks uh, a lot, when it talks about the the wealth and, and money and finances, uh, they try to focus on putting things in their proper place. Well, not just with finances, but with all things, yeah. but putting it in its proper place. And so one uh, one of the parts in this, chapter that really kind of struck me was he says Jesus spoke to the question of economics more than any other single social issue and if in a comparatively simple society our Lord would lay such a strong emphasis upon the spiritual dangers of wealth how much more should we who live in a highly affluent culture take seriously the economic question so Mm. so this is like when I read it it was like whoa like that like it's definitely saying we got to put it in its proper place because right. there there is a danger of 
putting monetary things to a higher standard, and so well, if that's, Jesus that's not spoke a, it's not just it, a danger. That's our that's our culture, at least in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, you know, people don't come to church because they got to go to work. Yeah, or they they want to go use whatever toys they have on on their vacation Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Everything everything is about enjoying the world mm-hmm. more than they are worshiping and serving God. Yeah, probably not even listening to this podcast because of that. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's and that's what you're saying is yeah okay that's not just a danger it's here it's happening mm-hmm. it's it's beyond the danger it is the overwhelming giant when you know in 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 the promised land yeah they came back and said those guys are bigger than us there's no way we can take it but God said they could yeah. it was it was a land full of abundance that God promised them mm-hmm. but there were giants over there true so what's our giant what yeah. what's it what's what's stopping us from enjoying what God has created in a way that is uh, not only appropriate, but also helps us grow spiritually, helps us make disciples uh, in, in, a, in a more effective way, but also, and most importantly, brings the most glory to God we can bring. Mm-hmm. When we enjoy what God's created and all his provisions, like Job did, mm-hmm. it honors him. It shows the world, it's like, look, these are my people and I take care of them. Mm-hmm. They live in the kingdom of God. Oh, you can live in the kingdom of God too. Plenty to go around. Yeah. That's 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 not that's not health and wealth preaching. That's just gospel, and that doesn't mean everybody who's a believer is going to be rich, yeah. but everybody who's a believer is going to be content. Yeah, and that you know again that's going back to Philippians, you yeah. know it's it's any situation if God is first in our yeah. heart, we'll be content in those right. situations. God provides that strength to be content in whatever right. situation. So so here I'm going to quote this part here in sure. the in this book, not the Bible, in in the, the celebration of discipline book. It says, simplicity is the only thing that sufficiently reorients our lives so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed without destroying us. Mm, yeah. So to me, that's the best way to understand how can, because most people are going to say, if, if people in general were going to read this chapter and they, and they, get, they first hear about the discipline of simplicity and it's explained to them what it is, I would, I would guess that 90% of people are just going to shut the book and reject it right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not taking my stuff. Yeah. i got to have my stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, guys got to have their stuff, ladies got to have their stuff, and kids got to have their stuff. Everybody's got to have their stuff. And as soon as this gets shut down, it won't be, it won't be. But this, that statement is saying this, the discipline of simplicity is growing spiritually in a way, in such a way that you and your family are learning how to enjoy what God has provided for you in a way that honors him and allows you to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but also helps you make disciples. Yeah, you know, there's that expression of you never know what you got till it's gone, right? right. And so I think, what, and most of the time that comes from a perspective of maybe you've lost a loved one. But here when we talk about some of those practices, uh, which we'll, we'll get more into specifics, but you know, like ascetic practices where you might give something up, mm-hmm. like that right there of if you give something up, you kind of start realizing a little bit more about one, either how it's controlling you or right. if you get it back, how you can enjoy it a lot more because, oh, you have it again. And so, yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. So, so I remember, uh, I'll say this really quickly and we'll try to get going on, on, the, on some other things. But I remember um, that way back when I got saved, when I first got saved, I was smoking cigarettes a lot, like anybody else who smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I and before that I would I would tell everybody I'm, I'm not addicted to cigarettes I just enjoy smoking them mm-hmm. 
And I, and to some degree, I still believe that was true, except for the fact that once I got saved, I would I would like smoke my cigarette on the way to church, but I would be X amount of miles away from the church, and I would put it out because I didn't want anybody to see me smoking. Mm-hmm. So there must have been something in my heart that said it was wrong. Sure. Well, then the preacher one time was preaching, and he said, it's not a sin to smoke cigarettes. And, and when he said that on Sunday morning, I about lit one up right there in the church because mm-hmm. he said, I was like, oh, I get to smoke. And the very next thing he said was, but it is a sin to be addicted to anything but God. Mm-hmm. And it was like that day I had come to terms with, am I able to put these down or not? And I had to make a choice between cigarettes and God that day. Mm-hmm. And it was three days later we quit smoking. Haven't smoked since. Yeah. Don't regret Don't regret quit, quitting. But that's how it happened. And could I have been saved and still smoke cigarettes? Probably. It's not. I mean, nobody goes to hell on a technicality. Mm-hmm. What a friend of mine used to say all the time, right? Mm-hmm. However, would I have grown spiritually? Most likely, but I probably would have had a lot of issues because I, that would have been a stumbling block. Sure. Every day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like. Are we really trying to seek the Lord? What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? If you don't understand what it means to seek the kingdom of God, then you can't practice the, the discipline of simplicity. Because yeah. it's all about seeking the kingdom of God. If I wanted to be the best I could be for the kingdom of God, I had to put those down. And there's so many other things that we could tell stories about. Everybody's got stuff they can oh, talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even simplicity itself, the discipline of simplicity, he talked about right here, in the book, he said, simplicity itself becomes idolatry when it takes precedence over the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. If you're trying so hard to be simplistic so that you can be the best Christian, then, you, then you're like, then it becomes a legalistic uh, religion mm-hmm. that you're trying to partake in. And you're not, it's not about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And what people, what people don't understand when, it said, when we talk about seek the kingdom of God, when Jesus talked about it, when we talk about it, when this book talks about it, they're not understanding what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God. Hmm. And it really comes down to, okay, I'm going to be about the kingdom of God. Whatever the kingdom of God is doing, that's what I'm going to be doing. And then put a big fat period at the end of that. And too many times we say, I'm going to be about the kingdom of God, whatever that looks like, so that I can be comfortable with the things that I have. And I can say I'm practicing the, the, the discipline of simplicity. Well, if you're putting ultimatums on God mm-hmm. when you do that. Yeah. So the question is, are you going to be about the kingdom of God no matter what? That's the discipline of simplicity. Yeah, and, and so to go along with that too is, uh, you know, to when people ask, all right, so how do I follow the kingdom of God? You know, go back to the previous chapters in here and, you know, study the word. Yeah. That's a big one to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meditate, prayer. Like yep. those things are things that enable you. To seek the kingdom yeah. first, and yeah. so I would say, you know, pay attention to yeah. some of that. You know, be in scripture, study it, read yeah, it. Well. If you're trying to practice the discipline of simplicity without the inward disciplines, yeah. you're not going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be. You're, a lot gonna, you're just going to create another religion for yourself, mm-hmm. and you're going to be miserable, and you're going to be mad at God eventually, and you're going to give up on God. You're going to not. You're going to be the one. You're going to be one of them people that just fade out of church and never seen again because mm-hmm. you're not practicing meditation, prayer, fasting. What else was it? Study. And study. Those things are important. Mm -hmm. Those four things, if you're doing those things, the truth of the kingdom of God is revealed to you and and the Spirit of God is working in your heart. So then you intentionally seek the Lord and say, Lord, help me to stay focused on your kingdom. Help me to focus on what you want me to do. And and the the, the cool thing is, is you don't even know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. 
you just you're just like all about the Lord. You're all about the kingdom of God. You're all about making disciples. You're all about reading the Bible and having Bible studies with your friend and tell them about Jesus. Next thing you know, you've forgotten half of all of the things that make your life so complex. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize, you know what? I'm leading a pretty pretty simple life right now. Mm-hmm. It's all about it's all about the Lord. Yeah. And 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 you then you start then one, then you sit back one day in your reflection time and your in your meditation time and you're like. Man, I don't really have a lot to worry about, yeah. like I used to. It's just so simple. I just get up and go do what the Lord leads me to do. Now, some of that's hard. Some of that's difficult and stressful, but not. It's not the same kind of stress and anxiety that was there before God. Sure. You know, I tell people a lot. I make when, before I got. I started before I got saved and started preaching. I was making way more money than I'm making now, in the jobs that I was working. Mm-hmm. Way more money. But I had zero peace now I have way more peace than I could ever imagine even though there's stressful times mm-hmm. even though I'm not making as much money and I could and I can't buy the things that I probably could have bought if I had making that other money mm-hmm. so it's kind of like what are we putting our value in sure right which is going to lead us into the 10 things that we're going to lead off here in a little bit yeah but you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. so people really you know people really want to know oh, I want to talk about the three things too okay and then I'll let you go through the 10 things, unless you got something else you want to add before we finish up. Sure. We're getting off. We're going to get rambling here in a minute. So uh, freedom from anxiety, right? He says this in his book. I'm going to read this out loud to you. Freedom from anxiety is characterized by three inner attitudes, okay? The first one, if, if what we have rec- we receive as a gift, and if what we have is to be cared for by God, and if what we have is available to others, then we will possess freedom from anxiety. Kind of sums up a little bit of what simplicity is all about, the discipline of. So basically, if you want to be free from anxiety, then you need to have these things as part of your thinking process. Mm-hmm. If if what you have, have do you do you understand that you receive that from God? Everything that you own, my child, my my son, my life, everything provided to me by God. It's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Then if I look at all of that stuff, and is it to be cared for by God? Is God going to care for it? Why would God give me something and then not help me deal with it, mm-hmm. not help me take care of it? Your home, your families, your job, name it. Church, your church, the church that you go to, God, God's going to take care of it. And then also, if what we have is available to others. Mm-hmm. So is the first one's key. If we believe that everything belongs to God, then we'll be more inclined to seek the Lord what, with what to do with it or what he would have done with it. And if and if we would do that, then it's a no-brainer to do whatever he says to do with it. And of course God's going to say, share it with those that need it more than you. Mm-hmm. That's why I gave it to you. Everything that we have is to come to us and then through us. Mm-hmm. Consume what we need and pass it on to someone else. That's how it works. So that's, that's those three things I wanted to point out as... Uh, key things to look at when you're uh, looking at this discipline of simplicity. Those three things will help you enormously wrap your mind around how that all works. Sure. So then he talks about the outward expression of simplicity, which gives us a list of 10 things that I think would be helpful for us to kind of briefly go through. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you do that sure. and add to whatever you think I've not talked about. Already. So he kind of makes a disclaimer at this part of we don't want to say that these are the only ways we can live a simplistic right. lifestyle. Uh, he's saying that 
there's other ways you can do it, and we shouldn't make this like a legalistic act, like these are the only things we can do to live a simplistic life, but they're just examples of maybe things you can try to have a more simplistic way of living. Mm. And so, yeah, we'll try to go through these. and we'll, Yeah, we'll go through these with brief discussion. Yeah. Because yeah, we're going to sure. run out of time. If we yeah, because some of them we might, you know, have yeah. more to say on than yeah. others. Some are a little bit more self-explanatory. So the first one he talks about is uh, buying things for their usefulness rather than status. So you know, in your way of living, if you're buying things because it, you know, other people will look at you differently because you have it or, it, yeah, it's a status symbol, uh, that's not necessarily so the the immediate best example is that is what kind of car did you buy and why did you buy it? Sure, yeah, yeah. He talks in here about clothes, which is kind of funny because yeah. he talks about uh, there was oh what was the preacher's name John uh, Wesley uh, would buy like the simplest, plainest yeah. clothes. It's basically yeah. like what gets the job done, and right. that's it. Like yeah. that's one way to be simple. So if you're buying things because they're purposeful, then that's okay. So, so a side note. It's, it's not sinful to have name brand things. It's not sinful to have nice things. Mm-hmm. The question is, in your heart, what does God see when you when you make a decision? Sure. Why are you are you buying that because it makes you important? You buying it because it shows you have a bunch of money? You buying it because you don't want to be left out from the Joneses next door? Mm-hmm. What is it? You know, sure. I mean, there's parents right now are buying expensive clothes for children that they're only going to those kids are only going to wear them clothes for six months before they grow out of them, and they're spending hundreds of dollars. Because they have some company's name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so so. There's there's one that we can all probably be challenged right, with is, right. uh, yeah. What how useful are the things we're buying? Uh, next, it says reject anything that's producing an addiction to you. So this one is like just, just pretty. Went, yeah, just went right through that. Yeah, yeah. We went through it. So so it, I mean, this can be anything. Yeah. It can be like he mentions in here, which is tough for me. Coffee. Oh man. Uh, Every yeah. morning it's like. Oh. It's, it's the caffeine. Not the well, here's the thing. Like, I really enjoy the process of yeah. coffee, and so yeah. like I, I have to struggle with this. Of you know, is this becoming an addiction yeah. or, or what? And so yeah. yeah. So so as we go through these ten things here, let me just say this to people because there's a, there's ten of them, and I don't want you to get discouraged because I'm I'm like you guys. There's there's things like barbecue. Mm-hmm. I don't unless God shows me that that's sinful, I'm not giving it up. However, we when we get to number ten, it's going to help us all out. Sure. Um, so yeah, that one, number two, you know, anything that can be, uh, that's producing an addiction in you, yeah. try to give it up. Um, third, develop a habit of giving things away. Now this one yeah. is a big one and I'll like, it, it goes, I guess a little bit, uh, well, I'll, I won't get into that, but <laughs> if, if you have things that you don't need yeah. and they're just kind of taking up space, yeah. start with stuff like that I'm not using them. Yeah. and then things that might be more of a sacrifice, Right. giving to someone else that needs it more. Now, that's really where I think this discipline shines is when you can give those things away. Right. If I would say I would say this. If it's trash, nobody else wants that. Mm-hmm. So don't give away trash to somebody else saying you're doing a good thing because you're not. Sure. He's talking about you might have some things, some items, some money, whatever, and it's not trash. It's, it's got some usefulness but you don't need it and you're not using it. You haven't touched it in however many months, mm-hmm. how many years. And you know somebody else could use it. Why wouldn't you just give it to them? Mm-hmm. Let them have it. Sure. Some people are like, well, I'll sell it to them. Yeah. No. <laughs> because you're still trading one thing for another. Mm-hmm. Just give it to them. Let them have it. Yeah. That's why God gave it to you. The next one, uh, the fourth one, this is one that I feel like I kind of struggled a lot with. It says refuse yeah. to be propagandized 
by the custodians of modern gadgetry. So basically, this whole section was about like the people that are trying to sell you stuff because it's the next big thing, it's the newest, it's the most advanced, the fastest, the whatever the the Any catch way. is. He's saying don't don't fall in to that trap, and it's like be happy be content with what you have and yeah. so like i fall if into it's working this. for you you don't need a new one yeah i fall into this because my uh, you know fortunately i mean part of this is like not having enough money to buy all the things that i want yeah. but the the thing with me is i'll i'll see stuff and i'm like oh now that looks awesome like i like with computers or something yeah. you know i'm looking at the best processors and graphics yeah. cards and like what what is the best best and then it's like that I don't need that at all. But see, yeah, I, I, when I find this, uh, it gets real evident for me personally is whenever I go fishing with people. Mm-hmm. I, I, for a long time, I fished with fishing gear that my father-in-law used to have, mm-hmm. and he was a big time fishing tournament guy. And uh, and what happened is is he he left all his stuff with that means we're out of time, y'all. Mm-hmm. But he left after he passed away. Uh, my mother-in-law asked me if I wanted some of his fishing stuff. So I said, yeah, well, I, I'll use it. And I fished with that for a long time. I caught a lot of fish with his stuff. And I actually used his fishing reels until they wouldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody around me was having the latest, greatest fishing rod and reel. And they were spending hundreds of dollars on the latest one. Well, I kept, I would always tell them, like, those fish don't know what rod you're using or what reel. Mm-hmm. reel you, they, they're going to bite whatever you put in the water. Mm-hmm. So And that's the way I live. And then now I have new stuff because the other stuff wore out. But that's the only time I buy. And even then, I don't buy the latest, greatest. I just buy what I can afford. Mm-hmm. And they still catch fish. So that's what he's talking about. Sure. And it does nothing wrong with buying the new, latest, greatest. But mm-hmm. we have to evaluate all of our decisions. Why do we have to have things? Yeah, I can go back to that first one of, you know, what's its purpose you know is, is it useful to buy that thing or another thing um, so next we'll, we'll try to go through some of these pretty quickly um, fifth learn to enjoy things without owning them and so here he kind of talks about maybe go to your local library and yeah. just enjoy some of the books that yeah. are provided go out on a walk or go something enjoy nature yeah. Um, well, yeah you know you can well go. I guess that's the next one in here too yeah I mean if you go like uh, any anything any public place that offers something you to do that you don't you don't have to buy it and you can just let's say like you some some cities you can rent a bicycle and ride around mm-hmm. why would i buy a bicycle if i can just go rent one from the town mm-hmm. so that's what he's talking about yeah uh the next one which i, I guess i kind of jumped into was develop a deeper appreciation yeah. for creation yeah. um so and this kind of goes on with meditation when we talked about that a while ago you know go outside experience what God has created oh yeah and enjoy that uh, seven look with healthy skepticism at all the buy now pay later schemes so this I guess kind of goes along with um, number four about buying the latest greatest stuff and this one is I guess more specifically about um, uh, interest he, he yeah. talks about how if we're lending something to someone you know don't charge them interest just you know, let them borrow it if they need it like that's kind of i guess where he's getting at with this one well for one two things i took out of that mm-hmm. is one if you can't afford it don't get don't buy it sure yeah that's i it. mean if you can i mean there's certain like buying a house that's one thing um that's different than going down to walmart and putting something on layaway mm-hmm. well that's not necessarily sinful but is it helping you because now you've created debt and you have anxiety and you got pressure mm-hmm 
and the world is constantly telling you to be worried about that because you got to work hard. Now you got to go to work extra hours and pay for that, and it just piles up. Yeah. And he's just saying, look, look just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Use what you have, and the Lord will provide for the rest. Sure. You know. Um, let's see. Number eight, the next one, uh, obey Jesus's instructions about plain, honest speech. And so this one, I kind of got out of it of um, if if you're talking and you don't necessarily know everything about a certain thing and you're using big words to try to explain something you might not really understand yeah try to shy away from that i mean i struggle with that too because in school we learn all these big ideas that i might not understand and i try to talk about them and so if i can't explain those things simply enough to where maybe a child could understand it then just you know, try not to explain it. Like, maybe do more well, work on yeah, it. Yeah, James, James taught us a lot about that. If you read in the book of James, he's like, that's what it means to be slow to speak, quick mm-hmm. to listen, sure. slow to anger and all that stuff. That's that's what he's referring to, stuff, stuff like that. He's basically saying, don't say nothing. Don't say you're going to do something if you're not going to do it. Uh, don't, if you can't, you know, if you can't, if you can't, exp- if you can't talk about it where people can understand it, just, just make it simple. Mm-hmm. Keep everything simple. Don't make it all dramatic. Yeah, or maybe I guess you could almost even put like don't beat around the bush on stuff like yeah. don't lead people on about things just yeah, say yes and say no if if that's what it is, be simple. That's about right. It. That's right. Um talk is cheap. Yeah. The next one, uh this one I I would say requires maybe a little bit more diligence and work on our part, but it's uh with how they explain it. So reject anything that will breed the oppression of others. And so mm. they, you know, this is talking I think broadly about oppression in general but he goes into talking about how there are certain things that could be exploiting people and we might not even know it just because of the world we live right. in so you know are, are the things we're buying like at the expense of somebody else's oppression like the food we get awesome. or um, clothes we buy yeah. things like that and so th- there are things now that we can look for the fair trade mm-hmm. things like that um, but it, it requires a little bit more diligence on this one of you know how can like is our life affecting somebody else's life like are we oppressing someone by how we're living and so that it, it, yeah. it takes his, one of his examples here is do we sip our coffee and eat our bananas at the expense of exploiting Latin American peasants yeah and I mean it's <laughs> stuff that like you, you might not even know like where it's coming from and yeah. so this one is more about I guess trying to recognize where where is this stuff coming from that I'm getting and how are those people being treated that are making it well one more that hits home here and we'll move on is he's asking the question do we oppress our children or spouse because we feel certain tasks are beneath us sure mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that happens a in one. a lot of homes a lot of times mm-hmm. now I, I would say this in in my home we we have there are certain things my wife and I do that we always do uh, there's a lot of the things that happen out in outside are going to be things that I do and a lot of things that happen inside will be will be things that she does However, many times you come by, if you come by our house, you'll find that we're helping each other with those things. Mm-hmm. She'll be outside doing something with me and her, I'll be helping her do something in the house. So it's not, it's not like anybody's put job requirements on anybody. Mm-hmm. We just kind of do what we got to do. And if families could find their place and where they function the best together, it doesn't matter what those jobs are. As long mm-hmm. as everything's getting done and everybody's satisfied and not feeling that they are being oppressed. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and the only way somebody's going to feel that they're being oppressed is if they really are. Yeah, sure. Right? 
Mm-hmm. So just kind of, uh, it, it, it's, and, and if we're sitting, if, like, again, if we're back in the inward disciplines of studying, praying, fasting, and meditation, then these things won't be an issue. Mm-hmm. It'll be automatic. The, the discipline of simplicity will become automatic. Sure. Almost automatic. Mm-hmm. It's not like we don't need to think about it, but it will be, it will be something we strive for and, and would be one to do. So now we're on number 10. Yeah, and so the last one to sum all this up is to shun whatever would distract you from your main goal. And so all these other ones that we read before, like I said, they're just examples. You know, there could be more and different things that you can try to live a simple life. But this one I think is like maybe not a requirement. Well, maybe a requirement. It is, you know, whatever is distracting you from seeking the kingdom first. Right. Just get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of that stuff. Not only... It's not only the act of doing that, because then it becomes a work, mm-hmm. but it's really about having your heart prepared to do that. Sure. If the Lord should reveal to you, okay, this is this here right, this here part of your life, it needs to go, mm-hmm. and it might not be sinful for everybody else in the world. It might not even be a sinful thing, but because it's distracting you from the kingdom of God, then it's become sin for you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have to. Because it's not a sin to smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But it was for me, it was distracting me from being whoever God wanted me to be for his kingdom. Sure. So they have to go mm-hmm. because they were becoming ahead of him. Yeah. So that's 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 where uh, number I told you number 10 is going to save you. Mm-hmm. Because it, it number 10 basically says what Paul teaches, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Right? Mm-hmm. Not everything honors God. Not everything is helpful for the kingdom. So if it's not helpful for the kingdom, then we can't do it. Mm-hmm. There could be plenty of things in this world that are perfectly permissible when it comes to sin or not sin. But if they don't contribute to the kingdom of God, if they don't help someone else come closer to God, or if they ha- actually cause someone else to stumble or put out a bad witness, mm-hmm. then then they're not. You can't do it. Sure. If it's preventing you from growing spiritually, or or if it's preventing me, then we can, we have to shun it. At least in that moment, anyway, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's to me that's uh, that solves all the problems. If we focus on number ten, mm-hmm. then we won't be distracted by one through nine. Yeah, even though they're they're there and they need to be mm-hmm. noticed. And and don't forget that's not an exhaustive list. Sure, it's just some helpful things to think about. Yeah, and he he kind of ends, which I I like this. It, it's almost like a little blessing that he ends this with. And so I want to read it to all of you listening. Yeah. It says, "God, give us the courage, wisdom, and strength always to hold as the number one priority of our lives to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness." And so, yeah. I hope you all in your journeys through spiritual formation that you can seek the kingdom first yeah. and, and strive to. I live more simplistically through right. some of these principles. If you're listening to this podcast, by the way, and it's the first time you're listening, then that means you haven't heard the last four episodes. Mm-hmm. It would be helpful to go back and listen to those four episodes to because they they go together with this, what mm-hmm. we talked about today. So don't try to do what we're talking about today all by itself. It, it, it's all building on itself. So it's a good thing to tune in every for every episode. Mm-hmm. Appreciate y'all listening. Hey, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We also want to encourage you to subscribe once again to the podcast, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel and share it with your friends and family. We would love to hear your feedback in the comment sections or find us on our Facebook page and contact us through Facebook Messenger. Again, 
We are here at Oak Grove Christian Church, 5 Morris Road, Arden, North Carolina. I'm Archie Gilmer with Justin Miller. Thanks again for listening to Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations. We love you and the Lord loves you. See you next time.